In this week's episode, we debate the merits and faults of the new legislation presented in Outlawed, praise the finale of Black Stars Above, and end with a lot of love and a little twang. It's all happening now on Cover B. And welcome to Cover B Quarantine, quarantine Edition. edition. <laughs> I was going to say Quarantine Edition, but I was like, nah, I should say Quarantine Edition. And then you beat me to it. <laughs> so, it's so it's fine. I'm technically self-quarantined. Yep. As you guys have heard on many a horrible episode, I have asthma, um, which makes me do all the coffee coughs. Mm-hmm. And so I'm terrified of going outside absolutely terrified so while the weather is beautiful i open the windows and barricade myself indoors yep as we mentioned last week we hope everybody is safe and sound and doing well we also hope that you will at least brave the outdoor the scary outdoor world briefly to try to go collect your weekly comic pool it's important to keep uh small businesses afloat and comic book businesses are typically small businesses and are typically hard to keep afloat (laughs) this is assuming that your local government says that it's okay to go to non-essential businesses don't break any laws i mean we could have a whole conversation about how i feel about anarchy but it's probably not the best thing to do on my podcast yeah that's not that's not appropriate on a comic podcast we'll cover that another day or you can find me in back alley internet forums anyway that'll um, be your key issues yeah that'll be our key issues how i feel rebellion with comics how i feel about government with the cynical one Anyway, let's talk comics. Yes. Speaking of illegal things, let's talk Outlawed number one. Yes. I have a lot to say about this book. Cool. Dive in. Hit it and up. It, uh, okay. So I don't want to spoil everything. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, though, there are intense parallels in this book to Civil War. Um, legislation is drafted based on a unfortunate catastrophic event that takes place because of supers fighting bad guys yep. um and in this case the legislation is children or young adults under the age of 21 are no longer able to be supers mm-hmm. um it's, no more vigilantism from people under the age of 21 yes um so what i really want to talk about is that it's a funny time to be an adult (laughs) because so when civil war came out i was obviously Mm -hmm. hashtag team cap because i'm i at the time i was you know younger and probably more libertarian and (laughs) was very much like government need to get out of my underoos and like (laughs) You know, not my underwear. Like, stay out of my business. Yeah, my I'm, I'm a consenting adult. If I want to go climb a building and fight bad guys, I can do so. Yeah. And it logically, it makes sense to be on Captain America's side because realistically, you know, if there are superpowers, which in the Marvel universe, it's established that that is a thing, that is a realism. Um, if there are superpowers, there are going to be supervillains. Yeah, and. Supervillains are not going to abide by the treaties with which they are establishing. Mm -hmm. And so instead of the danger in putting superheroes under legislation tied to a specific government makes 
it dangerous that they are then going to be forced to have governmental allegiances to a particular country. Mm-hmm. And so then you start to get into the sticky situation of like, well, does that mean that, you know, like American superheroes aren't on the same side as Russian superheroes, even though they're all fighting bad guys that want to take over the whole world? Like mm-hmm. it makes it complicated in that way. And so I was very much team cap. However, <laughs> I am also an adult. Yeah. Sometimes I I try really hard. <laughs> it's hard adulting. It's hard. I try really hard. Um, I. There is something to be said about consent. Now, there is something to me in this bill that is wrong. I don't think it should be 21 and under. I mm. think it should be 18, like and, 18 under, and under because yeah. if you can go to fight for your country, yeah. you are able to make the decision to put on some spandex, put on, put on your underoos and go fight the bad guys. Yeah, and I think that's fine. Yeah. However, I have always thought it a little weird how, you know, the, there's a lot like, okay, as a kid, the young adult side of it, I get it. You want to see people your own age represented. You know, you got 16-year-olds mm. going to fight battles. If you've got mm. the powers, why not do it? The whole, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Like, great. Okay, cool. I got you. I feel that. But at 16 in most states, you can't legally consent to have sex. You can't vote. You can't smoke. You can barely drive a car. Like, we don't trust children Mm -hmm. because they are not fully developed, something that they made mention to in the book. Yeah. They are not able to necessarily rationalize all of their decisions right away. And, you know, they pointed out Moon Girl. She's what, like nine? Yeah. I mean... Yes, she's a genius. You can be book smart to all hell and back. But if you don't have any experience, any wisdom to back that up, things are going to go wrong. And we are putting children in danger if they are not prepared to handle it. And I I don't entirely disagree with the bill. I do, I do think it should be 18 and over, but I don't. I don't know that Mm -hmm. I totally disagree with the bill. Government needs to get out of my dunkaroos. (laughs) (laughs) See, I disagree with the bill. I think, um, so I'm on, I'm, here's our civil war. Welcome back to cover B civil war edition. Um, We're a house divided. See, yeah, I'm not, I'm on the side of the kids superheroes because I think superheroism in and of itself typically, you know, comes with, so much of a learning curve to even get into it. You know what I mean? There's very few superheroes who just like suddenly are like blip blop superhero now. You know what I mean? And especially the ones that this bill's getting applied to, they've been superheroes and been on various teams forever. You know what I mean? Like I would understand more if the bill was like these superheroes are not allowed to exist without like guardianship of a superhero that we know of you know the government is aware like these superheroes can't act unless they're acting under the 
guidance, guidance of, of there Tony should be Stark. some sort of mentorship yeah, program. Like, yeah, we're going to put and granted in the comics right now, there's a lot of weird stuff going on between the Avengers and the American government because yeah. the Avengers are now headed up by Black Panther. So Wakanda. they're technically uh, an extension of Wakanda. Um, and so the American government has basically like, all right, hashtag not my Avengers. Um, you know, so in a way it's very tough right now because I honestly can't think of, cause Cap's still kind of recovering from the whole secret mm -hmm. empire thing. Right. Um, Tony's part of the Avengers and thus has a contentious relationship with the U S government. Yep. Captain Marvel is part of the Avengers and thus has a contentious relationship with the guard. Yep. With, with the government. Um, the Fantastic Four are still pretty okay, so but they might about to be they might war. be candidates, <laughs> but they've never really been the type to be like we're all about superheroics. They're kind of their own thing, <laughs> you know. What I mean, like they do the superheroics, but they're like it's like the fan it's the Fantastic Four, you know what I mean? Well, like, and the the Fantastic Four already have two youths that they're taking care yeah, of already, but it, it's they're just kind of their own. Like it's it's hard to it would be weird almost for them to be like hey fantastic four mentor these superhumans because like the fantastic four just kind of do their own thing yeah and it just happens to be super heroics but right. it's like in their own like they have their own very specific bubble right and then like the x-men are all on krakoa and are being ostracized and you know there's all kinds of government stuff um so i can't think of anybody off the cuff that it would be like, put this person in charge of, or this team in charge of eight to like eighteen to twenty one year old superheroes or right. twenty one and younger superheroes. Um, I do agree that I think twenty one is a weird age. Like I think I think that's a dumb. I decision. think they just did that so that they didn't have to try to retcon characters that have been around for a while, like Miles and I don't know how old Kamala is supposed to be, but like Miles has been around for a while. Like he's not in high school anymore. Kamala's I in high imagine. school. I believe. Um, so I, I think it's probably just because they didn't want it to be like, wait, Miles is under 18. What the F? Um, he's been around for 20 years. Not, not really. He's been around <laughs> since the mid 2000s. Um, but, you know, and that's kind of the thing is because like, you know, now Miles is going to get told like, hey, you know, black and red suited Spider-Man because his secret identity is not like, you know. Yeah knowledge um you're not allowed to do your thing anymore and it's like okay well i've been an avenger i've saved the universe with the help of the amazing spider-man twice now <laughs> you know what i mean like i've been a champion like at what point is it like i don't know i guess that's my thing is like just a sweeping ban and they build it up in the comic to be like this has been going on for a while and this is yeah. some dude just trying to get his it's it's very there's a lot of parallels here between not only civil war but the real life uh like i forget the name of the lawyer but the guy who did, went on like a freaking crusade for video games oh yeah like that guy um i think it was jack something but the only i'm doing that thing where my brain's scooping the same name over and over <laughs> And it's uh, it's just like Jack Kirby. It was Jack Kirby, and it, it wasn't was Jack, Jack Kirby. Kirby. Um, what if it was? And I, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, there's a lot of parallels to that. Like this guy's been trying to push this legislation, and then something big happens that's newsworthy, and now right. all of a sudden he's like, because in Civil War it felt very much like a knee jerk reaction, because it was like mm -hmm. from the president. It was like the president like called in 
Iron Man and was like, look, MFR. Right. Sit your iron butt down, family meeting. And he like took Iron Man's phone and, you know, made it Iron Man explain to Iron Man's mom what he did. <laughs> I'm really running with this family meeting metaphor. I'm feeling it. Anyway, uh, and then, yeah, and then it was like registration time. But in this, it feels like some dude trying to push a political agenda to get votes, get reelected. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so I think there's a lot of parallels there between that and like the treatment of video games back when like the whole hot coffee thing happened. Right. And there was like the Columbine shooting <laughs> And stuff like that. And there was just this crusade from these lawyers being like, ban video games. We need to ban video games. You're right in that. I think they picked 21. I don't think it's aimed at Miles, believe it or not, because I think Miles is supposed to be a senior still. Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually aimed at Ironheart because she is very much in college. Mm -hmm. And it is weird to me because Ironheart feels like an adult and is treated like an adult nine times out of ten. And I don't feel like she should be included well, in this. And Wasp, too. Because she's not. Wasp isn't. She's under young. 18. Yeah, she is. And she, she started yeah. a business with Janet. And it's not a business. It's not a business. It's an institute. It's a research coalition. Yeah. It's not. They don't like make any money or anything. It's just so that they could get grants. Riri Williams is 15, sucker. (laughs) Really? (laughs) But she has like her own lab at a college facility. Freaking. We were just. You were just like, oh, well, Wasp started a lab, not a business. (laughs) It's. But, like, she's enrolled in college. So? Confusing. Marvel, you're Moon confusing. Moon nine and is, like, the smartest person in the world. Yeah, but she still at least acts like a nine-year-old. Like, I get that. Riri acts like a 15-year-old. Only when she's around Sherry and they're both sh- throwing shade. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I great. wonder who they were specifically targeting with there. Was that just like an arbitrary number? Because it just feels very. I mean, I guess they could have picked it because of like the legal drinking age or whatever. Yeah. But I would think you would go with, oh, you want to go fight for our country? Doesn't that make more sense? But then again, I don't understand why you're going to have kids not able to drink at 18 either. I feel like that's. Mm-hmm. I, like, I mean, that's been a big adult, to me. If you could go die for something, yeah, that makes you old enough to do damn well everything. That's been a big part of because there are people who argue we need to either raise the enlistment age or lower the drinking age, and both parties are like, it's funny because both parties really wouldn't get along, but their arguments basically the same. Like <laughs> they like, won't. They won't. If I can die for the country, why can't I drink? You know. What I mean, they so. mean they're not gonna raise it because that. I hate to say it, but that clocks out a big chunk of their enlistment numbers mm-hmm. like a huge chunk yeah word um but i don't know why you wouldn't lower the drinking I age guess too, that like, seems dumb my 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 thing about this and why i don't agree with the bill is so like let's go back to lunella let's go back to moon girl right smartest person in the world right like, literally defined by various other super smart people in the marvel universe as possibly if not exactly the smartest person in existence at this moment in the marvel universe right at only the age of nine right her brain in and of itself could do fantastic things to fight supervillains, right and fight these very abnormal 
So at what point is she able, like, to what capacity is she able to still provide aid? Because saying, hey, you're not allowed to deal with supervillain stuff at all, ever, really, like, takes out a valuable asset. Because, like, stuff could be argued about, like, Spider-Man and the Spider-People are very valuable assets in the fight against evil. Right. They're very skilled, talented. Their power set is very good. Miles, in many arguments I've made is like the superior spider person right. because his power set is just much Mi- greater. Oh, it's and, miles ahead of and it. Miles. <laughs> it's miles ahead. <laughs> Cue music. Um, and, you know, so he in and of itself is like an advancement on the Spider-Man formula. Right. So, but there could still be arguments made because like his only real way of impacting this is by getting into the grit of it. But like... So here's my thought on that, is that it depends on the language utilized in the bill. Because to me, I don't (laughs) know. And I mean that because there's a difference between working in a lab, doing like laboratory, sanctioned laboratory work and vigilantism. Mm-hmm. I agree you shouldn't have underage children doing vigilantism. They don't need to be on the street fighting a monster. They just don't. But a sanction lab doing sanction work, doing, you know, scientific breakthroughs, mm-hmm. making technology, that's not vigilantism. Mm-hmm. And that to but, me is where she would excel anyway. Yeah, but at the same time, if you've read any marvel like big event you know what i mean like the people who are in the lab trying to solve like big problems that are happening now are like right in the heart of danger you know what i mean right like one of the things i can think of recently and i think it was actually lunella that was involved in this was the monsters unleashed crossover right not a great crossover admittedly but (laughs) this sequence just happens to come to mind but they're literally in a lab trying to figure out how to like i think help kid kaiju make more monsters or like they're trying to figure out like how to help or something they're doing something it's been a while since i've read it and um because i only read it once see my previous comment um (laughs) and like i mean the monsters are like descending upon this lab but, like, Lunella's there. But, like, by point of this bill, you know what I mean? Right. She wouldn't be allowed to be near the danger. Right. So it would be like, hey, you're in a lab in Colorado, and we're here doing the work that needs to be done. So it's, like, those kind of cases. Like, it is if they're not allowed to be in the front lines at all, then you're taking an incredibly valuable asset and sequestering it away where it can still help if there is time. You know, it does seem and, to me like the two of us have similar goals, like like neither one of us want underage people to be actively in danger. But oh, we also, no, I, I want underage people. I think if you have the power, if a dragon descends upon your city and you're a normal 15 year old, then Yeah, I mean, you should, like, it's great if you want to be a hero, but you're probably not going to do much. But if you're a hero who knows they have the power with which to destroy said dragon, you should be allowed to go out and do it. 
You know what I mean? Hmm. With great power, there must also come great responsibility. And that's what the whole, like, spider shit has been, like, stow, like set upon. And that's one of the biggest parts of the Marvel Universe and the biggest part of superhero narrative in general is that if you have the power to do something and you choose not to or are barred from doing so, that's a mark on you or whoever barred you from doing so. But can responsibility be managed appropriately without maturity? I mean, eh, I I think that's how many things have the adult superheroes done that are like kind of questionable or caused a shitload of collateral damage. You know what I mean? Which is fair, but realistic, like technically in theory, if they fudge up a whole city block, they could then go to jail. You can't take Lunella to jail. I mean, they're not registered. You don't know who it is. I mean, you do if it's like a Captain Marvel. If they bail and put their... Yeah, and I mean, that's fine. But now we're getting into registration, not the root of the problem, where it's like, you're too young. Also, side note, how are you going to tell that Miles is like underage? He's like ripped. He could just be a short 30-year-old. See, to me, that's the biggest issue I'm having with this, is that there's no way to know what supers yeah. are underage. But, I mean, and here's that a, is what I yeah, find interesting. Back to your previous thing, you're talking registration at that point. Like, at that point, we're back to Civil War because we're back to registration. Because if Spider-Man is fighting the Green Goblin and accidentally chucks a bus into another bus and kills 14 people and chooses not to turn himself in, he's not going to get arrested. He could just bail, stop True. wearing the mask or wear the mask and just realize that he's super powered and able to. And then it would go to the super people to arrest the super person. You know what I mean? Right. Which is what I'm kind of getting at is where it should. It's like instead of the government getting involved, this should be like, let's get a super group to look after these people and be like, look, don't F up again. You know, but and like, I think that would be maybe the appropriate supposition for this because i do think there should be more guidance given to youths who are doing the vigilantism Mm -hmm. because right now they don't have like you did they do show in this there is that moment of like well what are we doing and then no one can make a decision no one can pull the trigger or then everybody does it was a mistake. A mistake got made and there was collateral damage. I would. I do think it makes a good. I think it would be a great middle ground to designate somebody or a team or ever there like a mentorship. Like if you're going to be if you're going to be a, a, a vigilante as a youth, you have to have a sponsor. You have to, you know, in which case Unstoppable Wasp would be just fine because Wasp. she would have Janet yep. or like. There's a Falcon and a Falcon. There's a Super or a Spider Man and a Spider Man. You know, there's I hate to say Miss it. Marvel and Captain Marvel. Do it like DC. Young if you want to be a Robin, you got to have a Batman. You want to be an Aqualad, you got to have an Aquaman. Like, yep. do it the old fashioned way because <laughs> then at least there's some accountability and there's some level of maturity behind decisions being made. And there's someone who's being able to be held accountable. Yeah. I just think the whole thing is unnecessary. Um, and. You know, I think they're making a lot of draws to like current political climate stuff, as well as, like I said, the video game thing, um, because it it just seemed like I think they should be allowed again. Great responsibility. I think if you have the tools by which to help people, you should use them. And I don't think age 
should outshine like i don't think an arbitrary age limit should outshine the potential in people fair enough um but hey speaking of young wards let's talk about the robin 80th anniversary and they have a sponsor (laughs) not that he's a good one uh dc's doing a bunch (laughs) of like 80th anniversary special things it's basically just a way for them to be like wow you know, we had the Detective 1000, we had the Action 1000, we had Wonder Woman 750, we had Flash 750. We don't have a lot of other, like, big milestone issues coming out. So let's milk the teat of anniversaryism <laughs> and just, like, each month pump out another, like, 80th anniversary that has, like, 50 covers. Oh, Lord. And then I buy them and I talk about them on here. So anyway, this week it was... <laughs> This week it was Robin, and I was like, I'm not going to get Robin. And then I was thumbing through it, and I saw a story about Jason Todd giving Batman a birthday present, and it was adorable. Uh, it was I actually pretty good. Cried. It was It was laid out really well. It basically ran the timeline of all the Robins. It was set up like all these other thick anniversary things where it was like a couple page stories from different creators. Um, <laughs> this one also had, it was kind of cool, it had like, bat files as it introduced each of the new robin they would be like bat computer file this person aliases these names and um it would show like a cover from like one of their first appearances like earlier appearances and stuff as the like bat file picture so it was kind of cool Hmm. it also had that kind of like memory lane aspect to it um and then it would tell a few stories about each of these so it started with dick and then moved on to jason and then moved on to Tim and then moved on to Stephanie and then moved on to uh Damien. And while I and the Damien one was important because it sets up stuff that's gonna be happening, I guess, in Batman later. Oh, good um, to know. So the Damien one was actually like an important story and was kind of cute with the two like with Damien and Batman reacting to each other. Um all in all, I think the Jason Todd story was probably my favorite. There was one really good one about the first, the very first story that was about Dick Grayson kind of like giving up Robin, hmm. and like how he got to that point was really cool. There was a lot of opportunities in here that showed like a side of Batman that honestly we don't get to see a lot these days. Right. Um, just because he's so like embroiled in so many things going on right yeah. now. Like all Batman stories are just like very like, you know, life or death, very like ah, like, this is serious, you know? And right. so we don't get to see kind of the more familial side of Batman that often. Yeah. Um, And so these, like, 80th anniversary things where he's been popping up in, so, like, in the detective one and in this one, uh, those have been a little bit more, like, we get to see that Batman. And so that's been kind of cool. Um, And, yeah, it, it was fun. If you, if you like, it was, it was kind of just a fun romp through, like, DC history. That's cool. Because they got to, you know, show all these, like, different characters and how they grew up and how they aged and what they became. Um, and I just, I thought that was cool. So. That's awesome. It's worth picking up. And it's got a lot of, I mean, it's got a bunch of covers. Um, I went with, the, I believe it was Derek Chu did, like, a Stephanie Brown cover. That one was really cool. There's a Yasmin Putri one uh, that's really good. And there's a... Care Andrews one, which is also very, very good. So nice. Something for everybody. Yep. Very cool. Well, next on my docket is actually a conclusion book. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so I've been reading the book Black Stars Above. It's an indie comic um, by Lonnie Nadler, art by Jenna Cha. Um, it's so it was a five issue mini um, a horror based story. Every issue was a thick old chongus. Um, it takes place in the like early turn of the century. Um, the 1900s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I need to clarify that now since we kind of just had a turn of the century. Um, True. Yeah. I know, right? Isn't that weird? Weird. I know. I don't love it. Um, <laughs> and it takes place in like the rural, coldy, <laughs> mountainy. Back in the old days of 2001. <laughs> I know, right? That's a long time ago. You look at fashion. 20 years makes a big difference. I know, right? It's crazy. It's messed up. Anyway, we're <laughs> it's messed up. So it takes place in like Canada and effectively it's a young woman whose family is kind of struggling. The The trapping stuff isn't going on so well. They usually sell pelts, but her you know, father is stubborn, talks that he's going to marry her off to somebody <laughs> and she bounces yeah. and ends up going on a journey she's given a package and is like and is told hey deliver this package to the city or this town in the wilderness here and she's like okay i can go find that and the majority of this is her on this journey with this package it is one of the most unsettling one of the most interesting Hmm. one of the most intense world building books i have read maybe period fascinating cool it is it's creepy yeah it's uncomfortable Mm. you find Mm. yourself attached to a character that you shouldn't you feel weird being attached to like not necessarily the main character but another character is introduced and your like weird relationship and her weird relationship to this character it makes you feel icky, but at the same time maternal and mm. like it it's the ending was clean and made sense and you felt like happy that it turned out the way it did. Mm-hmm. And it I don't know, man. This wow. is one of the coolest books I have read. That's intense, yeah. It's long I mean, there's a whole chunk in like the third issue that's journal entries that is top like gutter to gutter text. Nice. And and so it took love me. Love. It took me like an hour to read one issue. Like it That's was. How, like, yeah, it was long. Seven to Eternity used to open with that, so it'd be like a gutter to gutter, like front page of like journal time. Yeah. And then the like, you know how somebody like in comics, there's probably a word for it, but I'm really bad with like comic terminology. Right. Uh, when it'll be like somebody saying dialogue and you'll flip to the next page and in like a little square box will be like the right, re- it'll be like dot, dot, dot. And then it'll be like dot, dot, dot the rest of their dialogue. Right. Um, it would do that. So you have to read the journal entry at the beginning in order to <laughs> understand like what the lead in this to, they would also cover like that. swathes of time. So yeah. like between two issues, stuff would happen off camera it's the scroll. Yeah. And you'd, yeah, it's the opening scroll. Yeah. It's like, how the Star Wars movies, there's like swathes of shit that happens that we right. don't get to see. Right. You know, I it was really cool, too, because the entirety of the book is told there's there's some dialogue, very minimal, but a majority of it is her 
writing in this journal and we're getting snippets of the journal. And one of the things that I thought was so cool and something that I wish other comic book writers would do is that she would write something and then cross it off and then write something else. So we would get both her internal thoughts as well as what she's presenting outward. Mm -hmm. And it was such a cool dynamic because it'd be like you'd watch someone talk about something weird and be like the inky blackness and then cross it off and be like absence of light. Hmm. Like there'd be just subtle differences to what was going on around them. And like, say something like, you know, I was terrified or, and then cross it off and be like, I was unsettled and like what they feel confident leaving around and what they actually felt. And then they'd like you, there'd be instances where they'd cross it off multiple times. Like they're trying to find the right word and they can't like, it was just, it was just so cool how much depth was given by doing it this way in this like journal and the art is weird and uncomfortable but so appropriate for Mm -hmm. the like topic and like there's creatures involved and the creatures make sense and look good like like it is not your standard you know leotard wearing weirdo this is like these are creepy i want this to be made into a movie so bad sounds like it's got a lot of potential for it so bad it was so good i mad props to the writer and the artist because this it was just so good Nice. It's just so good. Go get it. That's cool. It's only five issues, so but it will take you some time because it's got some it's got some heft hefty. to it. They hefty. But hefty. you know, we're in quarantine. So as you're self-distancing, yeah. you know, go. Go do it. We just why do people keep making noise outside our know. window? People drag race on the road outside our house. <laughs> it's so awkward. We've got a road that leads to just like nothing, just like businesses. And we'll have people like start at the end. It's not that like it's not even a mile long. It's not it's like, long. Yeah, like I've, I don't know. Not even a half mile. Yeah, I've run it. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We you run it back and forth, and that's a mile. So it's like not even a half mile before the turn. It's like yeah. a quarter mile before the turn. We'll have people start, and they'll just be like, the worst is when we have motorcyclists. <laughs> yeah, we got we've got some motorcycle guy who lives in our neighborhood and gets off on just like driving real fast for like a quarter mile and he'll go up at the top and it is so loud it sounds like our house is shaking yeah it's horrible it's anyway, so rude uh to close this off i want to talk about a uh, new aftershock book which i'm really excited about because aftershock i feel like is having a renaissance heck yeah um this one i mean the first issue was a smidge on the slip side it it introduced characters gave us an idea of the environment but it didn't do a lot of setup beyond like initial setup i agree um but this is artemis and the assassin or artemis yeah artemis and the assassin number one um and it you know we're introduced to this time hopping assassin not named artemis but very artemis-esque she uses like a bow um and she you know mild spoilers but she the book opens with her just straight up killing rasputin Yep. So like the Rasputin of old, <laughs> uh, she just murks him and then like gets in her portal and leaves. So we get this idea of like, OK, you know, we understand the concept. She's some sort of like time hopping assassin for some organization we know nothing about. Right. She does what she does for money, honor. Don't know. No idea. No identification um, there. But she's taking out bad people because Rasputin was a dick. It's true. You know, so 
cool, good honor. Well, then we flash to like this woman who's helping the French resistance. And, it's and super during cool. World War Two, and she's super badass. She's missing a leg and is just like super B.A. And isn't French. I don't think she's American. Yeah, she's American. Um, I don't know if she's based off a real person. I never got around to checking. She might be. Um, and then this assassin just shows up and is like, yo, time to die. I'm here to take you out. And that's where the book ends. So there's the entire first issue, but still pick it up because the characters are, you really get to know them. Um, and they're, they're very well developed, especially the French revolution person. Um, not French revolution, the world war two French resistance. Um, and, but it's like, why? Cause she's a good person. Yeah. As far I'm... as we can tell, like this is a good person. So like who's pulling the strings at the assassin group. That's like, is it something about, is it kind of like infinite loop where they're a group that's supposed to like maintain the time stream. And that's why they like right. do these things. Or is it like, there's some shadowy corporation involved and this is they're trying to build the future they want. Or maybe it's an organization that's like time hopping, you know, mercenaries and you yeah. pay them enough money and they'll, they'll go change the way so time some, is. Like, future neo-Nazi is like, we need you to kill this lady. And they're like, okie dokie. And they just go do it. Yeah. So I have a lot of questions, but it's kind of exciting because I like I like how it was set up. It was it was literally like we see like we are very quickly introduced to the two characters. Right. But it draws us into both of their stories and they give you kind of this like very cookie cutter, easy layout of this lady's an assassin. She can time travel. She kill bad people because enough people know who Rasputin is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's also not like she went back in time and killed Hitler or she went back in time and killed like. Uh, I'm trying to think of someone, someone as bad as Hitler. Uh, what was the what was the Roman emperor who was real bad? Oh, oh man, I'm having a brain fart. You're not uh, even trying, man. I am trying. I'm thinking. Um. Oh, the problem is that I am now also doing the scoop, and I just want to say Caligula. Palpatine. Cal Caligula. I know it's Caligula. I'm just saying that I kept doing the Scoopy <laughs> and it just kept coming up with Palpatine. My my brain was going Copernicus, so it was a long day today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> apologies. I'm going to leave this in here, too. Normal people would edit out when you're a total moron, but I'm leaving it in, baby. Um, you know, it, it's not like she went back and nailed, like, very prominent you know it was rasputin but like everyone kind of accepts that rasputin's piece of shit right um and i mean people tried to murder him like a million times all the you know? time and so she goes back boom kills him so we've now we know this character check Doosh. and then right. immediately we're sent to like another character fighting nazis and we're like whoa okay check <laughs> you yeah know right I mean? like we get her and now these two characters are like up against each other and it's like whoa hold on but, I agree. But why? You know? Yeah. I'm I'm a little weird about the primary, like the f assassin lady, just because, I don't know, she came off a little cookie cutter to me because she comes through the portal and she immediately has this like weird Buffy and Giles like watcher slayer relationship mm. thing. And I'm like, uh, 
And then they switched over to the like resistance lady and she's awesome. And I was yeah. like, more resistance lady. And then they brought back the assassin lady and they kind of wrapped the story up with assassin lady. And I'm like, meh. Mm. <laughs> I don't care about you as much. I want to hang out with resistance Bleh. lady. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very excited about it. I've really enjoyed pretty much all the Aftershock stuff that's come out. Uh, so check it out. Yeah. it's And it's another Aftershock number one. So it's on beautiful cardstock. You know, paper. It's all it's, fancy. It's, it's really nice. So uh, definitely check that out. Well, I think that's going to be it for us. That wraps it up. We will have a couple things hitting our honorable mentions this week. We might have a special episode coming out on Wednesday. I think we're looking at a uh, real extra. Ooh. So uh, if you want more Cover B, check us out at CoverBPodcast.com. And make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CoverBPodcast, where we're posting a bunch of stuff about, you know, what to do while you're trying to stay away from other people yep. and giving news and announcements of things like closures mm-hmm. and um, when new stuff drops on like Disney Plus and, and movies are being released and things like that so yep. we can help keep you entertained during this time. Yep, and remember that this is a weird time for everybody um, and it's important that regardless of how you feel the severity of this is it's important to remember that it's not always about just you it's about making sure that everybody gets through this together that's right we only can you know get out of this with a economy that's still somewhat not in shambles and like plenty of people being kept in good health plenty of people being kept out of panic and out of poverty um if we work together so it's important that you know, you might personally not feel like getting sick is that big of a deal, but think about your neighbors and your family and your friends and their neighbors and family and friends. Um, and let's try to make sure that we all get out of this okay. That's right. Take care of each other, you guys. Yep. And until next time, we will see you around here for even more. Cover B. <laughs> I don't know why I got sick. Hey, you let it. Even I just followed in. Cover B. Huh, bye, guys. Bye, y'all. Come back now.